What's up, everybody? Dan O'Neill here from the O'Neill team at Signature Premier Properties. I am 26 years old and I am the founder of the O'Neill team. And welcome to episode one of the Dan O'Neill podcast, the Dan O'Neill show. So on this show, we are going to be having entrepreneurs, real estate professionals from all across the country, from title, lenders, attorneys, agents, who are all top in their fields and industry on the show and talking all things business and real estate. So Make sure to check out our, our show on Coke Interactive, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, wherever it's going to be. We'll make sure that we have the link for you, but stay tuned for the Dan O'Neill Show and episode one, guest one, Brian Carp. What's up, everybody? Dan O'Neill here from the O'Neill team at Signature Premier Properties, and welcome to episode one of the Dan O'Neill Show. I'm going to skip all of the, the mumbo-jumbo, and we'll refilm the intro, but most importantly, on episode one today, we have the man, the myth, the legend, somebody who I admire, respect, look up to, seek for advice, uh, basically the number one agent on the island, objectively, uh, Brian Carp from Coach Realtors. How you doing? I'm fantastic. I'm excited that I'm invited to be the first guest. That's like tremendous. Thank yeah, you. well, you know, looking at the, the roster, right, like sports related, looking at everybody that I haven't really had a chance to sit down and speak with and who I think would be the most knowledgeable for an episode one. Like we've been sitting here just, just BSing for the last 15, 20 minutes and yep. we should have been filming because some of the stuff we were talking about just as banter gold. It, gold. It was gold. And, and a lot of people could have used that, uh, you know, and taking it for their business. So having you on as, as guest one, I'm honored, I'm flattered. Um, and I think to start it off, I want to tell you a story that I was mentioning before that I didn't, I've never told you this. I think maybe I've mentioned it to Charles. So um, for those that don't know, again, my name is Dan O'Neill. I'm 26 years old. I'm the founder of the O'Neill team at Signature Premier Properties. We're doing very well, having a great year, uh, a lot of success early on. And Brian Carp is the number one agent on the ground. So when I first got my license, I was with um, Wycott Realtors in Farmingdale. Okay. So this is two and a half years ago, and I started to get a little upset because I was doing some business, but it's in Farmingdale, and it's far, and I don't really, didn't really know much about Nassau County, so why, you know, whatever. So I reach out to them, and I'm like, hey, listen, I think I'm going to start interviewing around. I don't really know if, you know, I want to stay in Farmingdale, and they're like, listen, stay put. You're doing great. Let's build you out a satellite office. We happen to own the building that Remax Eastern is in. Oh, wow. Okay. So right next to the fire department. So... Brian's office is uh, in the front, right? It's on, on the street. Yep, my old office was right there. Yes, and there was like a little office behind yours. Mm -hmm. So like, all right, just go there and, and we'll figure it out for the time being. So now I have this like 1,200 square foot office by myself. I don't have any furniture. It's just a, a room with laminate floors, <laughs> but I shared a wall with you. Okay. So your back office wall was my office as well. So of course you have uh, all of your cars are wrapped with your face and your name on them. So... Every day, I'm rolling into this new office, and Brian Carp's your face is everywhere. So I'm like, all right, you know, and I don't know you at this point. I got, you know, so first story is I actually paid somebody uh, who was just walking around twenty dollars to uh, go lean on your car and to like piss you off, like when you first came out of your office. <laughs> And I don't think he ever did it, or I don't think he ever noticed it. Did I not it. notice it? I was, no, I was probably so uh, engulfed in what I was yes, doing. Yeah, so I thought that it was hilarious. Like, I thought it would have been like me, you know, us yeah. like meeting, but yeah. I guess it never came to fruition. <laughs> so that's number one. And then number two, so as I mute my phone, um, so as that's all happening, right, uh, Rudy and, and uh, the Aversanos, they see some potential in me, so they bring me in for an interview. 
I don't know them. I just know that you're there and you're doing amazing things. And so we're sitting there for the interview and, and they're like, yeah, we're going to bring in Brian. Like, we're going to bring in Brian. You know, like that's they're like bringing in Pat Mahomes, you know? Like, yeah. So they're bringing in you, right? Like so, the closer. Yeah, the closer. And, but like you didn't know about it, I don't think. So they, you know, you're outside, like your car's running. They like rush you in as like a quick favor to them. But the whole time you're kind of, you're busy, like you're working, right? And you're sitting there and like you're, you're sitting sideways. And I, do you remember this meeting me? Like, I don't, Dan. I'm sorry. Well, exactly. So you're so busy. You're sitting there talking and you're, you know, texting and you're on the phone and I'm sitting there like, you know, like I had some sort of ego, like this guy can't even pay attention to me. And I remember thinking to myself, like, I'll never be that way. Like, he's so busy, blah, blah, blah. I have to say I am sorry because I am that way now with everything. Like, it's insane. You, you like, really couldn't even take, like, a couple minutes because you were so busy to sit there and, like, you know, you even said, I'm, I'm so busy. I can't bring on any other agents. I can't help people. And you didn't even remember it. And to me, it was just so funny because I remember saying to myself, like, I'll never be that busy. I, you know, I could put my phone down. And now I am that way. <laughs> well, I'm sorry that I, I'm sorry I wasn't able to uh, give you more no. attention. I, I don't remember that. I'm sorry. That's I'm so, I, I hope that I, I'm, I really try not to ever be like mean or disrespectful. No, not at all. On that. I to, but now I totally understand because yeah. and now I'm doing it, you know, unfortunately, and you don't mean to do it, but it just happens. You have so much going on that you're glued to your phone. You're, you're, there's so many fires you're putting out in your head and like to sit there without knowing and have like that conversation or like a recruiting conversation. Yeah. You can't do it. It takes every second of the day just to keep it all together. Yeah. And that's waking up at 4 a.m. and going to bed at 10 o'clock. It literally mm -hmm. takes every single second to just keep everything firing on the right cylinders. Yeah. And so the first thing that I want to get into is, you know, we've, a lot of people have heard your, your background, have heard your story. You've shared it, you know, many times. If you, if you haven't, Charles's podcast just came out. You know, it was a, it's a great story. You, you got into the business. You, well, first you were a college athlete, same mm -hmm. way that I was. You played Division One football at, at Stony Brook. Yep, correct. And then you went straight into a, a trade. And while you were doing that trade, you were selling real estate. But what's amazing is you were selling 50, 60, 75 houses. Like, that's not chump change, man. Like, that's you're a top agent yeah. while working in the city as a tradesman. So, like, while you were doing that in, in the union and selling, what made you finally say, like, all right, I, I'm going to leave the union and get right into it. Like, let me just jump into this real estate thing. So, I, I always felt like I was different. Mm -hmm. Like, I always felt like I didn't belong. But I, there was no one like my mother, who's like my best friend in the world, my biggest fan, thinks I walk on water. I even went, <laughs> I even it. say to her, why didn't you tell me about real estate? Like, why didn't you say, Bri, you should get into real estate? Because when I graduated from college from Stony Brook, I, I didn't have a clue what to do. And I had, I was already married. I already had bills that needed to be paid. And everybody was like, you need to go get a job. Mm -hmm. You need to go get, um, a job with benefits and retirement and they were like a union job is gold yeah you know and to me that was like they're like they're like handcuffs mm -hmm. but I, I said I, I needed to do what everyone told me to do so I took that job and I took that job and I remember studying for my real estate exam and getting my real estate exam and starting to sell three houses a year ten houses a year because my goal was always to build myself out of that okay you know, and when I used to wake up at four in the morning, I would race into Manhattan. Okay, mm -hmm. picture this. I would park my car. I'd get to Manhattan around five o'clock. I'd park my car. I would somehow find a gym to work out in from five to six. <laughs> and then I would, and I would do construction. And in union construction, you're supposed to take a coffee break and a lunch. And I would work straight through. Wow. All right. So I would skip coffee, skip lunch, and work like six hours straight through. So I'd probably work to around 1230. Mm -hmm. And then I would race home. And then I would hustle real estate. Wow. And 
everybody, so I used to walk around the construction site. I don't know if you've ever heard the story. I used to walk around the construction site. These are union construction sites. So mm -hmm. you, you, you used to have to have hard hat on, yeah, yeah. you know, goggles. And I was an insulator, which means I blew on like insulation and I put a duck wrap over um, HVAC ducts. So I wore a respirator. Wow. And this is before the time where you had like um, smartphones and like um, earpieces that were like wireless. <laughs> so I used to have headphones that I used to have to like snake behind my bandana like, down like my shirt. Man? Like what we're wearing. Like, like we're wearing right now. <laughs> so people didn't know I was on it. And I used to wow. walk around the construction site listening. And everybody thought I was listening to Guns N' Roses and yeah. Biggie Smalls and Metallica, but I wasn't. I literally was listening to anything I can get my hands on, self-help, motivation, real estate, finance. Wow. And I, I did union construction for nine years. There was a time that I made more money in real estate in one month than you did at union Than job. I did all year in union construction. Wow. And I still stayed three more years. So, so how old were you and, and how many deals were you doing that made you finally say like, all right, you know, I'm doing the nine to whatever it is, like, you know, the four amp to two and then I have the rest of my afternoons. But like what made you finally say like, all right, this is like, this is something that real estate where now you could potentially become the number one agent if you set your mind to it and if you start actually spending the time uh, what, what, how old were you? And like, what made you finally say like, all right, enough's enough. Yeah. I, I was doing 50, 60 transactions a year, <laughs> which is like a lot of money. Yeah. A lot, a lot of money, a lot, uh, of sales. A, a lot of sales and it's and all on my own, you know, it was, it was just really just me and maybe my admin at that time. Yeah. And my wife, she's always been like my push and mm -hmm. she was like, why don't you just quit construction? And I was like, oh, but I got my set salary with construction. I got my benefits. I got my retirement. Right. And she's like, you're crazy. Like just leave. And literally, Dan, I left and my business quadrupled. Wow. Like I went from 60 transactions or 70 transactions while doing a part-time job, which was a full-time job for everyone else, construction. Right. Yeah. Next thing I know, I doubled it. I was doing 150 transactions. How old were you at that time? Probably 20, you know, somewhere in my uh, late 20s. Wow. And at that point too, like, and just speaking from experience, like at 26, doing this kind of business... Not a lot of people can relate to it. You know, it, it's, it's life-changing, but it, it is also a sickness. But for you to be able to just jump right into it from your union job, which was a huge risk and sacrifice. Yeah, because yeah, my, wife, my wife stays home. You right. know, there, there's no money coming in um, yeah. if, unless I'm out there hustling. Well, and you got bills and you have everything else yeah. that was going on. So, so you left, right? So you're in your late 20s. You go right into, into real estate. And at that time, you said your, your business quadrupled. So you were already doing 100-plus deals. You were already making some serious, serious money, right? Fun coupons. What, when, when was it that it really went from like, let's just say whatever, 120 or 130 to like, holy crap, like Brian Carp is now one of the top agents. Like when, when did that happen? Soon so after? It's, it's, yes. Well, it was a, it was a progression. So mm -hmm. left union construction doing 40, 50 deals a year. Then the next year, like I broke the hundred mark and I was like, oh my God, like this is achievable. A hundred transactions. You, you, it's funny because now, now that I am so lucky and so blessed, I'm looking back upon it all. You know, I'm looking back upon the 13 years, and it, it's it, it's it's funny because I was too busy working mm -hmm. to even keep count and keep track. Yeah, everybody else was, mm -hmm. and it's super flattering and super amazing. But I wasn't. Yeah, I was literally just working, doing the transactions, and then only the last like year or two i'm gonna say like from the last from 18 to today which is you know we're sitting here in 2020 yeah. only the last two years have i really take notice like holy macaroni i'm i'm the number one real estate agent in long island yeah and i'm doing transactions at a at a volume that doesn't offices don't do yeah 
And, and that's something too that I, I can relate to you on. And I was listening to the, the Charles podcast, right? Where you don't count your deals. So I know people that I've worked with in the past that are maybe even in my office that like, if your name doesn't go on the, the MLS, you know, the, as a co-listing agent right away, like they're, they're pissed or like they're perturbed. I, if you ask me right now, I genuinely don't even know what we've done this year. I know it's significant. I know that it's a lot. I know that it's, it's amazing. I don't know the exact transaction number. I don't know the, my exact volume number. I don't pay attention to it because I'm so busy just gunslinging every single day. There's so much going on that like, I, I, a, I don't really care because I know that I did better than I did last year myself. Right. And, and B, to sit there and drive yourself crazy over, oh, I did 197 deals or 194. That's not, that's not what we're in here. That's not what it's this meaningless. is for. It's all, yeah. it's all meaningless. It's meaningless. And so I, I was too busy literally working. And yeah. I was too busy hustling and I wasn't like competing versus anyone else. Right. I was just running and trying to crush it on my own mm-hmm. and was not even paying attention to the numbers until people started like, Hey, you know, can we speak to you? Can you talk to us? Hey, Brian, you, you know, you, you just did over a hundred houses. You just did over 200 houses. Like, and yeah. I, I never even thought it was anything because I never knew what other people were doing. Right. You know, I didn't know that a hundred houses was a yeah, I knew it was a lot, but I didn't know that like it was unachievable. Right. I thought the top major players were probably doing, you know, 300. I had no clue because yeah. I wasn't paying attention to them. I was just literally out there every single day on my own. So do you think, so what finally kind of had that, that switch for you, maybe where you were doing the 120, right? And to now to get into the over 200 club that was never really uh, achievable before. It's kind of similar. I, I don't know where I heard it from with the, the six minute mile. I think maybe it was actually your story, but the Rod- five minute mile. Yeah. So Roger Bannister. So right. I'm obsessed with this. So Roger Bannister, mm-hmm. um, Roger Bannister was the first person ever to break the four minute mile. Right. Okay. So before Roger broke the four minute mile, Dan, they literally thought the human heart <laughs> would rip out of the chest of the person. Yeah. And then literally you listen to this. As soon as Roger accomplished that weeks after that, several other people did it. Wow. And why did several other people do it is because yes, it, it was, it was achievable in their heads. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've been obsessed with. And, and, and honestly, that's the reason I've been going out and you know, people have been asking me for years to speak and talk to be on their podcast and their YouTube videos. And, I, mm. and I'm super flattered by all of it. But one of the reasons I, I started taking those opportunities now is because with with the way Roger did it is once he accomplished it, several other people did. So my, I'm out there now telling everyone, listen, 100 houses for a single agent mm. is achievable. 150 houses is achievable. Right. And if you want to, and I don't recommend 200 is achievable. And I'm not even playing to try to do that again. Yeah. I just did it because I needed to be able to do it. Right. And you did it first. So now you are the, the you said Roger Harris? Roger Bannister. Roger Bannister. So mm-hmm. now you kind of are. And now people like us, you know, myself, I, I have a team, so it's a little bit different. But now that number is achievable. And more than that is achievable. And more more importantly than that, too, it's it's the island. I really feel that New York and Long Island are are different species as opposed to some of these other people who are in California, Florida, where the average sale price is, is a lot higher or is, is, you know, they're dealing with $1.2 million houses. Like we're in areas where our average sale price is four, 500, 600. Yeah, four to and six. And there is four so much competition here that it's not even funny as opposed to like a Florida and a California. And, and also I think, and Charles brought this up when I was on his podcast is there's no developer giving me 12 lot subdivision. Right. I don't have any REO or distressed, um, like, um, yeah, contract, like a contract yeah. where they're going to throw me 20 houses a year from B of A. Um, so literally I'm belly like, hey, to belly. We, we love you here. Here's just 30 listings yeah, for the year. It's crazy. Yeah. So I'm belly to belly with every single one of my home sellers and every single one of them has to believe in me and hire me. Right. And I'm literally 
marketing, negotiating, and walking them through the whole entire process. And it's not just one time or 10 times, it's 100 or 200. So what impresses me a lot as well is I know how hard I'm working, right? And I'm not even a 4 a.m. guy, but I know how hard I'm working. I know how crazy I'm driving myself. There is no such thing really as a day off. Um, I don't have a wife yet. You know, obviously I have Grace. I don't have any children yet. You're doing this all with, with a wife, with side businesses, with your two children, your two boys, coaching their sports, and you're reaching these numbers that were never reached before. I got to talk to you about work-life balance. And this is something that I've, I've actually called you on before. So again, same thing as when you were on Charles's podcast, like people give you a bad rap, right? Because maybe you're busy, you can't really talk to them, you can't give them advice. Like unless you're in this situation and you're doing this type of business, like you can't understand how difficult it is. And to be available and to be, you know, be able to just even do this, like it's going to cripple your day. You're going to have a tough day after this because right. you're stuck with the phone for an hour. Me too. Mm-hmm. So people don't understand that and you get a bad rap for it. Truthfully, and me too. What I love the most is just that like I've called you before and I've just been like, listen, I'm about to have a meltdown, man. Like, how do you do this? And you've given me advice. You don't have to. You don't know me from a hole in the wall. This is the first time I've really actually, yeah. even in person, like done this, right? So you get a bad rap and I have to say, and I'm going to back Charles up, you are generally a, a very good person. You, you definitely are from the heart. And when you have time, you can give advice and you can help. How in the hell do you have any work-life balance? How? So I think to be excellent and to be exceptional in everything, there's no balance. You know, and that's the truth, right? Yeah. To be the best in the world at anything, mm-hmm. there's no balance. Agreed. You know, you have to be totally obsessed with this. And this is literally my addiction. Like this is my oxygen. Yeah. Uh, 100%. But I'm super scheduled. Mm-hmm. So I'm super scheduled. I'm super routined. I always say if the mafia uh, wanted to kill Brian Carp, it would be very easy. <laughs> because literally, you know, they know my schedule. There's, you know, um, like Tuesdays, I am home every Tuesday by 4.30. Mm-hmm. Rain or shine. If the, if the president of the United States wants to list his house yeah. at 10% commission, I am unavailable <laughs> Tuesday night okay. at 5 o'clock. Wow, so really. So, so you do take a, like at least some days or one, or one day. Well, I'm home from – because we're having dinner with the family, okay. with Brody, Brock, and Jess from 4.30 to you know maybe 5.30. Wow. And then maybe Tuesday nights that we would have a sport and I would take them over to the sport. Okay. Or if there wasn't a sport, uh, then – I would hang out with them for an hour and then I'd be back into the office right? and finishing up, you know, until nine o'clock at night. So I'm super wow. scheduled everything. Same thing with my workouts, you know, all my workouts get done early in the morning. Mm-hmm. Same thing with all my prep. Like I, I'm, I'm monetizing every second of the day mm-hmm. because I, I literally feel like I have a winning lotto ticket. Like I'm not taking any of this for granted. I'm right. not taking any of this. Like, like this is literally a godsend what I have, yeah. but anyone could have it. Like, mm-hmm. I'm only going out there and telling everybody that, you know, my life story, just so they understand that they're more well-equipped than I am. Right. I actually am less well-equipped than all of them. Mm-hmm. Everyone is, is, is a better reader than me. Everyone's a better writer than me. Every, honestly, the majority of the people are smarter than me. Yeah. So if I was able to accomplish it, then mm-hmm. there's no excuse for anybody. Yeah. But is there ever a time, so... I mean, I, I know that like I'm, I'm always on my phone, right? So my mom's talking to me or my girlfriend and I, you know, I'm doing this or like, mm-hmm. oh crap, one, one second, you know, and I yeah. got to answer my phone or because it's important, right? And if you can't answer it, there's not many other people that can, no matter who you put in place. Right. Or go, it turns into a fire. Exactly. You can handle something and swoop in right away and fix it or instead of going to a fire. Right. So is there ever a time where your wife is mad at you or where you wish, oh man, you know what? I, I kind of wish I had a Sunday off or I wish I was able to do this maybe more or spend more time for yourself. Like, do you have those thoughts ever or is it absolutely. just- Absolutely. No, absolutely. hundred okay. percent. And those are natural thoughts. Because mm-hmm. um, that's it, something I feel guilty about all the time is like, I'm self-aware that I need to take a step back and I need to be more present when I'm with my family, my friend, whatever it is. But I just, I, I don't feel like I can right now. Yeah. 
and it and I, I can relate with everything you're saying because mm-hmm. you're you're looking in a mirror of what it is and Jessica has sacrificed my kids have sacrificed like it's very difficult to get undivided attention from me yeah that's why when I'm anywhere and I'm speaking with you my phone's upside down <laughs> uh, but then remember when I come out there's the pressure of oh my god 19 text messages 22 voicemails and then you got to roll through them and make sure you hit the, the yeah. most urgent things possible yeah um, it's but it, the I guess the only saving grace is when I am with them I am like super with them okay. and that's it but it is it, it, it is a small window of stuff yeah it is 100% but that's why I coach every single sport because if I coach football I know I'm gonna be there my phone's gonna be in, in my uh, gym bag mm-hmm. and I'm gonna give them 100% of me for that hour or hour and a half yeah what impresses me a lot as well is that you did this, right? Where all this talk is like, you know, you need Cole Banker, you need an element, you need a, a big company, a big brand. But you did it, you know, you've reached these levels at a, at a small mom and pop kind of boutique, uh, you know, company. And you really proved that it's not necessarily the company, it is the brand. And of course, if you partner yourself with the right company, it's only going to help. But you were really kind of the maven to say, okay, well, wow, Brian Carp just reached the, you know, this unattainable number and he did it at a small boutique uh, shop. Right. So you really started the, it's the agent, you know, and the, it and is. the brand. Listen, I, I, anytime that uh, people were trying to recruit me mm-hmm. or people were trying to talk to me about brand, and I do believe, like you're saying, you know, if you're, if you're a small fire and they throw a little gasoline on you, which and the gasoline would be, you know, a major brand, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it could absolutely help you take it to the next level. But honestly, home sellers and home buyers hire you. They yeah. hire you. And that's who they feel comfortable with. Right. It does reassure some people that if you have a brand name behind you, but I'm the biggest uh, advocate that they are buying you. And I say it when I'm sitting on an appointment with somebody, mm-hmm. you are not hiring my company. You are not hiring you know, the team. You are hiring Brian Carp. And if you feel comfortable and confident with me, that's who you should be hiring. If not, then there's someone else for you to hire. Right. And it, that, that's really what it is. And I think people need to be comfortable with their business and their brand. Of course. So you're somebody that does not spend a dollar on leads, never have, never will. And I know that you have your course coming out soon, uh, probably next spring. So we'll, we'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. For somebody that's just getting into real estate, mm-hmm. for somebody that's brand new, I mean, I hear stories right now where I'll call an expired listing or I'll drive past it and I see you door knocking it. Like I see, I physically see you door knocking, you know, or whatever it may be like, and you're still doing these things. Like it didn't, you didn't get to a point where like, oh, I got the referrals now and I have this coming in, I have that. You're, you are right now to this day still door knocking and doing these things. So for somebody that's just getting into it that feels that maybe they aren't able to reach the level that you're at, it's mindset, it's, it's the time and energy and the hard work that you're putting into it, but it's also staying consistent. You haven't varied away from any of the things that you did to get to that level, right? Like you mentioned on the, on the podcast, it's four legs. If you're prospecting, is for sure one of those legs, yep. and you, you're not going to stop no matter if you did 500 sales last year because if you stop and, and the table breaks – what are you going to do that following year? So it, I'm a big fan of stacking little wins. Mm-hmm. So I say like little W's and you know, <laughs> p- people get, you know, cause I'm the ex athlete, you know, so it's all about stacking little W's and it's all about being consistent. Like uh, everyone is taking notice of me today and looking at the volume and looking at the success and looking at what's been built, mm-hmm. but they didn't see Dan the first decade. Yeah. They didn't see the first decade when I was out there four or five hours a day banging doors or cold calling, getting my face punched in. It's the worst. Rejection, rejection, rejection. They just see the the success and everything that has come from it, but Mm -hmm. they don't see like the the sacrifice and the hard work put behind it. Yeah. 
uh, with it. So, and I'll give you an example. So 2019, uh, it was like December 20 something, 2019. And I'm speaking to my assistant and we're getting ready to announce how many homes were sold at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. And she tells me that we broke the 200 house mark. And I was like, wow, that's like totally incredible. It was, and I think we had one more closing set up. So we knew it was 205 houses. And I had two hours before I was supposed to be home that day. And that day I was scheduled to be home at like 5.30. Mm-hmm. So it might've been like 3.30. And instead of me, I don't know, meeting friends for drinks or instead of me, I don't know, doing something, I literally pulled my car over, got out of the car and found one of my listings in the area and I started knocking doors for an hour and a half. <laughs> That's awesome. So just finished the best year of my career. Yeah. Just broke the 200 house mark, which you know they say is unachievable. And I literally went out there and knocked doors yeah. just because I was so afraid of stopping. Yeah. I was so afraid of the momentum, even though the momentum is running, it will never stop. I'm just such a creature of habit Mm -hmm. with training. It's like, you don't take a day off from working out. Yeah. So like it's, why would I stop anything now when I've done it 13 years straight? Yeah. Everything. So someone's like, well, why don't you just skip your Monday workout? I haven't missed a Monday workout in 13 (laughs) years. My father passed away and I still did the Monday morning workout. Listen, it's was, a, that's a sickness. It, I was it violently is. sick. Like I, I, I had one of the worst stomach viruses. Mm-hmm. I had the flu, but I still got the Monday workout in right. because there's no excuses not to. Mm-hmm. Everyone is making excuses. Everyone needs to stop making excuses. I agree. One of my one of my problems, right? And I'm self aware of this. Last week, I closed on my first house. Mm-hmm. The team is approaching. I don't even know what the number is, but we just had our best month ever. We just made the move over to Signature. It was a, an amazing decision. All of these things, right, are all happening. It's all amazing. I struggle with the fact that I'm the same way. I, I don't take a step back to kind of say like, holy crap, like I just, you know, from where I was yeah. and what I just did, I, I never... No, you it, made it, brother. You it, made it. Not yet, but it's, it's right back to the, like, even after my closing, everyone's like, oh, come on, let's go grab a drink, let's go out to dinner. I'm like, nope, I have, we are just sat in an hour closing. I have two hours worth to catch up on. Yeah. And I, I, I feel as if I'm not allowing myself to look back and, and, and enjoy, right, what's going on. But I think it goes back to the fact that it's it's a sickness, it's a disease. You know, like it, it's not even necessarily a bad thing. But my father was divorced, you know, two times really because of that. Mm-hmm. When I was 16 years old, I worked at his garden center selling Japanese maples. I still don't, I can't tell you today if a Japanese maple needs sun or shade. But I right. sold mil, you know thousands of them, and I was working even at that age to save up for my first car. So I feel like I, I've always had this, and it was the same thing before I got into real estate. And somebody recently told me that I used to work with. I, I, I don't know how to take a day off. I don't know how to relax. I don't know how to enjoy myself. And it's, it's a problem. It's not something to brag about. Like you're not, you're not bragging no. that it, it's, it's really, it's a sickness. And, and I wouldn't wish this upon anyone that I know or that I love because it's, it's really taxing. It, it's a, it's a curse. Yeah. It's like I, I, I pray I'm not Brody and Brock. I don't, uh, and they can listen to this one day. I don't want <laughs> them to go into real estate. Yeah. Like, and I, I don't wish the curse that I have. Uh, upon them. Mm-hmm. I want them to have a nine to five job, yeah. you know, never have to worry about money and have a great work life balance, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, and not have the sickness that I have. So listen, yeah. I, I totally appreciate that. Yeah. You know, you, you could, you could be hungry for success and then you could be starving for success. Like, and I, and I'm Famished. still, and I'm still starving. <laughs> yeah. I'm still starving to win, even though that I've won already. Mm-hmm. I guess a lot of it comes back to 
what everyone thought I was supposed to turn out to. Yeah. And, and I, I have a sweatshirt that I wear and, and it says like, a, um, uh, you know, like mediocrity. Mediocrity is a curse word. Mm-hmm. Like to be average to me is like a, like you literally cursing and spitting in my face. <laughs> But that's my feeling. Yeah. Like average is average is, is so unacceptable. Mm-hmm. There's nothing. But but I, I do it in all aspects of my life. Yeah. I don't want to be an average husband. I want to be the best husband in the entire world. Right. You know, I don't want to be an average father. I want to be the best father in the entire world. Mm-hmm. And it just happens that it's it's same thing with my business. I don't want to just have a real estate business. I want to have the best business in the entire world. Is there ever a point in time, and this is something again that I, that I am dealing with, where it's it, this business is just so taxing, right? There's always fires. You wake up at four a.m., eight a.m., whatever it is, you're getting straight punched in the gut every single day. You have deals dying, saving deals. You have this. You have all the different, um, you know, like audibles, right? You have people set up for certain situations, but it's never, it's never enough, right? There's always going to be something. Yep. Are there ever days where, and I called you recently and I was just like, I just want to, because I got punched a hundred times that yeah, day. Yeah, like I need a hug. Yeah, like I, I just wanted to call you, but like, I know that you have to be going through the same thing, right? Like, so are there ever days where it is just very taxing for you, where like you have to just, you sit in your car, you put your phone down for three minutes and you have to just like, like goose, baba, whatever the saying is, right? Where you're just like, today might be the day where I throw my phone in the water. Do you ever have those or, or you're just so past it where you don't even care? No, listen, I am so tied to every, I'm just so mo. like I, I really care about every yeah. single deal. Like I take every deal personal Yeah, and that's the problem. It's almost to a fault. Right. And I want to win at, at everything. So when I win, it's not like I'm trying to beat this person over the head. I want to get the deal successfully done Yeah, and I want to protect my client through the process. Mm-hmm. So yes, the, the, I, what I do is I work out. Mm-hmm. You know, I, uh, I, I try to have the most positive mindset in the world. And yeah. then some days I just go to bed early yeah. and I wake up super early the next morning mm-hmm. and do it all over again. And yeah. always when I wake up and, you know, waking up early in the morning is so important to me because I can control the time yeah. and I could organize everything. Listen, Dan, there's days I'm in my office and my yellow pad is filled, my notes, my emails, my text messages. Yeah. I go to bed, wake up the next morning and just clear it all up. Mm-hmm. Like I, you could always... I always feel like, all right, I, I could fix it with one more hour's worth of work. Agreed. So I'll just stay up a little bit later, wake up a little bit earlier. Yeah. Um, to try I, and I, I started uh, adapting the 4, the 4 a.m., 5 a.m. I don't do it every single day. I'm not going to pretend to. But those few days that I do, I, I cannot believe how much that I get done because you don't have people texting you. You don't have people calling you. So now you can actually sit there and focus on, okay, what, what do we need to solve on this problem? Or I have to run the comps on this house or the appraisal's coming in short here. How can I get around that? But if you start doing that at eight, nine o'clock in the morning, like phone's ringing at this, it's impossible. And then you're just, it's, it's days on days on days. I want to be prepared yeah. without being prepared for every single thing that comes up. Yeah. Uh, and then it also frees your mind so you can spend time on thinking about bigger things and what else needs to be accomplished. Right. What is your favorite thing about this business? Favorite thing about this your business? Your favorite thing about this business? Favorite thing? That's a, that's a good one. Good question. Yeah, that is a really good question. I guess the my favorite thing about this business is that I literally am an inside player mm-hmm. in something. Right. So like you know, people all the time, like uh, financial advisors, reach out to me all the time. Brian, you know, we see your success. Well, <laughs> can we mat it some money for you? And I'm like, oh, listen, I appreciate that, but I don't, ha- I don't put one dollar into a little bit of money, just mm-hmm. into uh, a set for uh, my business for retirement. But I yeah. really put like for tax reasons, right? I put this <laughs> much money into the stock market. 
Why? Because your boy is not an inside player. Right. But in Long Island real estate and, and super local market, I am the inside player. So yeah. I, I think my favorite thing about this business is the inside knowledge that I have. So like in insider trading in the stock market is illegal. Like mm -hmm. if you knew that Amazon was going to buy up um, Fiji, yeah, that would be illegal for you to buy Fiji ahead of time. Right. But in real estate, it's not. Mm -hmm. So in real estate, if I know that something is coming into the area or I know an, an area is super hot and I buy up something, yeah, it's not illegal. No. It's totally legitimate. So I think it's the inside knowledge and the inside access That's that I have, I think is what I like about it. What is your biggest pet peeve? My biggest, <laughs> I know I can tell you why. My is. biggest pet peeve is that it's 24 seven. Yeah. I, I wish that I could have a Sunday off. Mm -hmm. I wish that I could have a Saturday off, uh, you know, Agreed. seven o'clock we're having the, you know, seven, how's this? So Friday, big into athletics for my kids, big into athletics, coaching my kids, uh, tackle football team. Right. We have Friday night practices from what is it? Six to eight o'clock. Mm -hmm. Okay. So from six to eight o'clock. And then Friday right. nights, me and my wife like to have dinner together when the kids are going to bed or when the kids watch a TV show, we'll, mm -hmm. she'll have a glass of wine, I'll have a scotch and we'll just catch up on the week. Right. But when I walk in at 8.15 from practice, Dan, there's 10 voicemails, 22 emails. All I want to do is sit down with her and catch up. Yep. But I have to handle that. And she's like, just handle it Saturday morning. But I can't because Saturday morning is the new animal that is yeah. going to um, attack me. And some of those are, are stuff that needs to be. So like other top agents that I'm friends with and that you know are mentors to me, they have a very good um, ability to shut their phone down on a Friday or Saturday mm -hmm. at 7 p.m. And they can go and have fun and do their... Right, and they make fun of me that, that I, I can't do it. They make fun of me that I'm uh, that I am this way, and, and you know, to an extent, and they kind of say like, you know, well, it doesn't need to be that way. But I don't know. Again, I don't know if it's just me, but that's why I love you know, kind of bouncing off you because I can't at seven fifteen. This person is telling me final walk there needs to be tomorrow at eight a.m. because there's mold and the deal's dead. Right. So if I didn't answer that phone, or if I'm out drinking, if I'm out doing something. Well, deal's just dead. Yeah. Like, you know, like, no, no, I know. I, I, listen, and, and I, it gives me anxiety. Like, if my phone right now, I have it up because I'm just looking at some of the notes of questions I want to ask you. But if my phone was like this at dinner for two hours, right? And I know that's going off. I know there are problems. I know there's issues. And I'm just sitting here like this the entire time. I have like a, it's like a noise in my head. I just hear, <laughs> like, you know, and I know something's not right. Well, that's why I wanted to do the podcast in the morning so I can give you, I can give you my undivided attention. Right. Uh, if this is midday, two o'clock, oh my God, Dan, there's fires and meltdowns going on. Oh my God. So listen, I, I, I am envious of those people who could do that. Mm -hmm. I can't. And I think one of the reasons I can is because it could literally swallow me. I guess yeah. has always been my feeling. Mm -hmm. So if I can keep up with it, it makes me feel better. Yeah. So if I could always keep up with it and clear it up a little bit and clear it up a little bit and clear it up a little bit, because if I let it go for six hours, it, it could take me another full day to catch up on all the things. Yeah. And, and especially too, people are relying on us with their biggest, their biggest asset or investment. So you're very successful, obviously, because people know that they can reach you and they're getting you. They're not getting someone else. So if you didn't answer your phone for, for the seven hours, eight hours, whatever it is, people are going to a probably think you're either maybe in the hospital or in jail. Yeah. Something's going on. Right. And they're relying on you to be their main facilitator, their quarterback for the deal. Um, and if you're not there, nothing's really getting done. Oh, and, and listen, I treat every house that is being sold like it's mine. And I know that mm -hmm. like, sounds like cl cliche and corny, but what I mean by that is that I'm do I've done thousands of transactions in just a few years. There is nobody more knowledgeable about it. every 
inch and anything that could happen. Like yeah. I literally have like the, when an inspection's not getting booked right away, I get this feeling in my stomach, these people aren't serious. Yeah, so yeah, then I'm you're... lining up the next people. Yes. So it's literally, I'm treating your asset as, as it's mine. So who is That's more so well equipped than someone like myself or yourself who's doing mega deals that is literally in this all the time. Yeah. So it, it baffled me, baffles me when people put their biggest asset in the hands of somebody who isn't totally obsessed with it, yeah. who isn't doing it, um, you know, as their uh, as their obsession. Yeah, I think my biggest peeve too, and it's something that we've talked about, is is honestly like untrained agents. You know, like half of those you're gonna go back to your car. We'll have 15 texts, 20 voicemails. Half of them are from unfortunately agents that didn't do their due diligence. They didn't even take the minute or two to check an MLS, you know, their listing online. And they just call you three times or they text you five times about, hey, is this listing available? Hey, do you have a CO? Hey, do you have this? My, I learned it from you, really. There's everything on the listing. Before you even call me or blow my phone up or text me or get mad, call my manager because I didn't answer for yeah. an hour. Right? That always happens. Check the listing. You're asking someone who will call me, hey, is this listing available? Hey, does this have a CO? Hey, what are the taxes? Just Open up MLS. But, but, but Dan, why is everybody? Why is everybody thinking that like that we're up to no good? Like that's what I want. Maybe it's the old real estate agent that was trying to double end the deal. Maybe mm -hmm. it was the old real estate agent who was trying not. And, and there's still agents that are doing that for that, sure. And there are. And 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 maybe there was. And and maybe that maybe there's the old school agent who was trying to get their sister the house. Yeah. But like I am running the most legitimate clean business Same, in yeah. all of Long Island. Mm -hmm. I need every agent to help me sell my houses. Same. I want you to. Same. Um, and I want you to, I want your offer to look as clean as possible. So if I'm asking for proof <laughs> of funds, send them to me. Yeah. If I'm asking you, is the seller's concession contingent on appraisal? Mm -hmm. Please understand what that means. And if you don't, then call me and I'll explain it to you. Yes. But I just want to make your offer look as good as possible in the eyes of the seller. Agreed. And I'm asking you these questions. It's not because I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be mean or disrespectful, mm -hmm. but if this was my house, I would want to know if it's contingent upon the sale of the other house. Right. And I'd want to know about that buyer. Yeah. So these are just legitimate questions, but everyone's like, Oh, why, why yeah. are you asking these questions? Cause I, I need the answer so I can advise my client and I don't have time to, 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 to coddle you, yes. I just want the answer so I can help you get your deal accepted. We, we both need, and I say this all the time, I need, like sometimes the relationships with other agents are honestly even more important because we're dealing with you. If I had a bad relationship with you, I'm dealing with you every single day, so uh, that I'm smoked. So the relationships between us are incredibly important. If people, they give us a bad rap because they think that we are doing that. The last time I sold one of my own, I don't even think I have. Right. Like, I don't even think it exists. Right. It happened I, by accident. Yeah. Like, one time I'm like, whoa, you really want to buy this? Yeah. They're like, oh my God, I was yeah. just showing it because I was in the area. And right. And, and, and that's the thing is like, we're not trying to sell our own listings. I just, you can't send me a, a, an offer on a sticky note faxed yeah. from 1987 with no proof of funds, no yeah. approval. <laughs> It's like these, you know, they send it backwards, upside down, oh, handwritten in like doctor's, you know, language. They just send me a normal, you know, normal offer, normal information. That we're all I'm asking for. And we won't have any, and I won't have to text you back and, or ask you a million questions. Absolutely. Don't call me with a verbal offer. Don't call me to, Hey, what do you think of this offer? <laughs> uh, and don't ask, don't ask me. I'm not going to oh, tell man. you. I'm yeah, not even yeah. going to tell the, the owner of my company, if they had an offer to go in on one of my properties mm -hmm. and I already have other offers, I'm going to tell them, please bring your highest and best. Oh my God. I got to pull, I got to pull this, this off, this, uh, this one up. You'll die laughing. And this is, this is what I'm talking about. I should have had this prepared beforehand. Mm -hmm. 
And then it's, you know, hey, oh, what you have offers over asking, where are your offers at? You know, is it over, you know, is this, is it this? Stop is it trying to feel me out. Right. You're not going to feel me out. Some guy said to me one time, he was, and he like, literally, I thought he was going to like uh, firebomb my house. He's like, you're, he kept asking me questions, and I'm like, please bring your highest and best. Please yep. bring your highest and best. Please bring your highest and best. Yeah. And, and he's like, what are you, a machine? And, <laughs> and he just hung up the phone on me. I'm like, oh, this guy is going to really. Um, oh, I'm trying to find this. Whatever. I, it's, it's, it's a funny story, but like, this woman's asking me, okay, you know, where are your offers between 603 or 605? It's like, you're I'm asking not, me about. I'm, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> yeah, right? I'm like... not going to tell an agent at my office. I'm no. not going to tell. I'm not going to tell anybody. So even if you're the owner of my company, right? If you have an offer on one of my properties, I'm, and we already have other offers, I'm going to tell you to bring your highest and best. Exactly. All right. Okay. So I'm glad that we, we're both in agreement on that. And why is that? It's because it is just easier to treat everybody exactly the same yeah it is just easier to do the right thing of course like, to do the wrong thing then you have to remember what you did like yeah. I, there's, there's there's nothing that i ever have to worry about there's no secrets there's no skeletons like i'm, yeah. a, I'm an open book i'm legitimate you may not like every single thing about me or mm. my personality and how i ro roll uh, like i run myself but yeah it's an open book. What what I think really happens, and and I know that because I felt this way too before I even met you again with the, with the person you know leaning on your car and and whatever, people see how successful you are, right? And they don't see how hard you're working because now you're now you're just starting to do these podcasts and you're just starting to get out there, right? So most people don't know you. They didn't really never heard you speak and, and talk the way that, that you do, and people are are just jealous, you know. And the more that you do, the better that you do. People are envious of it, unfortunately, and that's just kind of how. The world is right. You know, everybody builds up all these stars, and and then they they bring them down, right? And they're with all the cancel culture and all that kind of stuff. So I think it's just people that are envious, but nobody really sees how hard you're working. For me, watch driving past you and seeing you knocking on doors with with your wrapped cars, like you don't have to do that, right? You know, but you're still out there doing that, and, and that's what genuinely really really impresses me the most. Thank you, know? you. And, because and, I'm stacking those little wins, yeah. um, and I'm not just slowing down because I supposedly made it yeah. or I'm supposedly you know uh, at the top echelon. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna still do what it needed to be done to be a successful real estate agent at a high level. So as we're wrapping this up, because I know that we both have to to get back to work, but when is when do you think enough is gonna be enough in terms of like when are you finally going to have enough rentals in your portfolio to kind of walk away? And is your move over to coach, congratulations, of course, Thank you. as now a broker owner starting a team in the sense of, you know, being able to facilitate agents to mm -hmm. maybe the Hamptons or commercial or whatever, sure. you know, is going to be happening. Is, are you, because I know you think five, 10 years out always. Absolutely. I'm playing everything. Every decision that was made, every decision that you saw happen this year was made in some capacity five years out. Like I, I'm not playing checkers. I'm it's playing chess. chess. chess not checkers, yep. And, I'm, and I'm, everything is laid out. Of, so the next one to five years of the Carp family's life is already laid out what we're going to set up. Okay. And, I'm, and I'm picturing it and I'm just putting everything into place. So when do you think, when, when will you be satisfied enough, right? It's, it's like athletes, right? These guys are 40 years old and they're, and they're, they're playing, so you know, they're I, still doing I, I, it. I'm playing a terrible game, which is an infinite game. Like right. I'm playing the infinite game of mm. entrepreneurship and success. So yeah. now we are just starting to move it into other. So I never had a ticket to play. Like mm -hmm. I was never invited into the game. So I yeah. had to go create some wealth and create some 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 uh, success. So now I have the opportunity to sit at the table. Yeah. And I'm not just talking about sitting at the table with the money. I want to sit at the table where people respect me and understand that I'm an entrepreneur and I'm a businessman. Mm -hmm. So now now I I could sit at the table and now I can start and do other entrepreneurial things because that's my addiction. Like yeah. I'm a born 
entrepreneur. Well, it's not, it's not going to stop, but you know, the, it's never going to, whether, when you get out of real estate or whatever you're going to do, right. Maybe focus more on the, on the rental side of, you know, your, your portfolio. It's never going to stop. You're still going to have the sickness. You're still going to need something to, right. to be doing every single day. My question was more so when do you see yourself like, okay, you know what? Now I can take the Saturday off or now I can pass this off to yeah. other people. I'm, I'm struggling with that. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to, mm-hmm. you know, cause I'm, I'm, I'm effing lucky. You know, I, I've yeah. hit it and I'm, I'm struggling with that yeah. and I'm struggling with being able to, I, I always feel, I feel like, you know, I have to continue to be working mm-hmm. and continue to be running yeah. uh, when now I, I, I need to be able to t- take a step back, look back, mm-hmm. enjoy a little bit of it and then spend my time on building other things. How have you not been, and again, we're wrapping this up, so sorry if this has been a little bit long, but how have you never gotten like burnt out? Have you ever been burnt out before? Like, have you ever had that feeling? I think it's because like th- I love this. Sh- I yeah. love this shit. Like, yeah. This is this is this is me. Yeah. You know, like doing deals and negotiating deals. Like it's just mm-hmm. to me, like you know, uh, you know, I'm out to dinner with my family and I, I'm I'm like, shit, my wife's gonna kill me if I grab the phone again. Like, I gotta go to the bathroom. <laughs> I go to the bathroom. I'm texting this, <laughs> putting the deal thing. together. I'm like, yeah. And it's not even and, and Dan, it's not like oh, oh my god, I just made ten grand. I just made fifteen. No, right. I just want the deal. Yeah. Yeah. No. Deal exactly. Going. Yeah. So you don't even know what the commission is. It's, it's the, so it's the dopamine hits. And yeah. it, it, for me, it's probably not healthy because a lot of my dopamine hits are coming from real estate. Yep. And if I'm now trying to, listen, I'm always going to have my hand in real estate. I'm always going to be slinging houses. Will yeah. I be slinging 200 houses? No, sir. That's not the game plan. But <laughs> yeah. will I always have my hand 20, 30 homes a year? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The problem is, is I get dopamine hits from yeah. real estate. Where when I played football in college, the dopamine hit was killing the person in front of me and sacking the quarterback in front of thousands of people. Yeah. Like that was the dopamine hit. Mm-hmm. So now I, I need to be able to structure my life where I get my dopamine hits from other things. Yeah. And that, that's something that I'm dealing with now too. Like as a, as a former athlete as well, golf was kind of like my, my even if it was for four hours a week, right? One, one little morning or afternoon, that was my dopamine hit aside from real estate. And for me, I feel like I lost everything, all of those, you know, the dopamine hits aside from real estate. And that's something that I need to get back into doing, you know, even if it is just from seven o'clock to 11 o'clock in the morning or even going to the gym. Like right. if you saw pictures of me from 2016, I had no neck. It was huge. Right. Right. Cause I, that was my, that was my every day you're in the gym, you're two times a day you're eating right because I hurt my shoulders. I can't really do that anymore. So that's something that I'm struggling with that, that I'm excited to, to get back into too, but it is the dopamine and it's not even the money. It's 0% about the money. It's literally just, it's the win. It's the everyday win. It's making sure this deal with anybody else would have, would have died. But because they have you, because they have someone like me, we brought this back and we're, we're we're obsessed with winning. Yep. That's just what it is as an athlete. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm obsessed with winning and, and that's where all my energy was. And that's really all it is with real estate. I'm obsessed with winning, but remember I'm not in competition versus you versus anyone else. I'm in competition with myself. I'm just trying to be the best version of myself. Mm-hmm. every single day and I'm trying to be a little bit better every single day in every capacity. Yeah. So now I'm trying to say, oh, I just coached my kids football and I didn't pick up my phone for an hour and a half. <laughs> and when I'm there at football, awesome. I'm on these little boys and yeah. I'm on the ground <laughs> doing push-ups with them yeah. and I'm yelling in their face because I'm building little <laughs> champions. That's so awesome. I'm, I, and, and then I'm taking the dopamine hit from that. Yeah. So I'm just trying to now restructure it slightly mm-hmm. to get that feeling in some other capacities. Amen. Um, all right. So speaking of uh, continuing to better yourself, you have an amazing charity that you guys do every single year for the holidays. Uh, once you hit, I believe, a hundred houses sales, right? Yeah. So, so something that I think uh, something that has changed my life is when I started uh, tithing. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. So uh, what a tithe is, is a tithe is when you give 10% of your income, you could read, uh, it's in the Bible, it's in the Torah, uh, it's all different, uh, the Quran, all different, um, you know, religions and uh, backgrounds mm-hmm. speak about it. And when, when I, we, we, I grew up blue collar working class family, we didn't worry about money, but we didn't have anything super sexy, you know? So <laughs> when I, when I graduated from Stony Brook, I remember looking at, um, I graduated from Stony Brook and I remember this is back in the day before you had like online banking. Mm-hmm. So what it was is you had like this little checkbook. <laughs> yeah. Okay? It, was from, it was from EAB bank. Mm-hmm. And I remember my bank account had $400 in it. And I was like, how am I ever going to, you know, I always knew that I was, I was destined for success because my mother spoke it into me, mm-hmm. but I, but I didn't know how I was going to do it on $400. And I wanted to take my wife out to uh, Gators and that was going to be a hundred dollars. So I, on $300, I had no clue. Mm-hmm. And I was always so worried about money and so concerned about money. And, and I always, and like many people, I had this mindset that there was, um, there was uh, a finite amount of money. Instead of that, there really is an infinite amount of money. So I, I, I ended up getting introduced to something called tithing and it literally changed my life forever. And basically what it is, is on every dollar that comes into the carp household, uh, we give 10% away. Wow. It's the most freeing thing in the whole world. And I'm not saying that it was easy and I started off small. Mm-hmm. So when I first started doing it, I was like, all right, let, let me, on, on every dollar, I'm going to give 5%. <laughs> But 5% isn't a tie. The tie yeah. is 10% if you read the, you know, if you read the, the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, it's 10% off the top. Okay. And once you could start doing that, it's the most freeing thing in the world. It kind of takes away the value of money. Yep. And then it also opens up your mind to just know that there's an infinite amount of money out there. Mm-hmm. And it's just going to keep raining in. Yeah. So me and my wife have a tithe account. So every check that comes in, mm-hmm. 10% comes off the top. Wow. We carve out whatever Uncle Sam has to get. That goes in a separate account, the tax account. Mm-hmm. And then that tithe account allows us to do different things throughout the year that we love to support my wife's church, to support other non-for-profits, to right. support anything that we feel strongly about. Yeah. So this is the fourth year in a row that I'm going to give away $5,000. That's awesome. Um, what we do is we give it to three local charities. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- um, this year, the way we're doing it, and if someone jumps on my uh, Instagram, which is Brian Carp LI, or my Facebook, or my YouTube, which is Brian Carp LI, you'll see the video. Basically, what we did is we created a video. We're asking everyone to do a 15 to 30 second video about their charity. It's awesome. But the one kicker is they have to have my face in it in some capacity. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and then one, and, and they're gonna, uh, if you go online, you'll see exactly where to send it. Send yeah. us the video, and we're gonna choose the top three videos, make them funny, make them hilarious, make them creative. That's awesome. And then we're gonna choose the top three videos, and then we'll put it back out on my social. We'll have everyone comment, mm-hmm. and whatever charity gets the most comments will win the majority of the money, and then it will go down from there. That's amazing. So, like, it, it's, it is so fun and special to be able yeah. to give money away. Oh, absolutely. That's so when, when COVID first hit, you know, me being a little bit younger and obviously not as maybe susceptible to all that's, you know, that was going on, like the height of COVID we, we brought and donated and raised about 20 grand and we were going to like the hospitals to like Mather Stony Brook. And this is when like, you could walk in there and it looked like, like Chernobyl yeah. to an extent, like yeah. it was scary. But when I tell you that that was like the most, the, the best thing that I've done, it was so enjoyable. My, my family's been, you know, philanthropy my entire life, and we're doing our own uh, holiday give back. We're trying to raise, you know, 10 grand to go bring to uh, 10 needing families to Target for like food, clothes, and stuff. And hopefully, my video will be out, so I'll plug that on my own, my own time. But 
Um, that's amazing. Um, well, you have the illiterate millionaire as well coming out, right? Yeah. So, um, and like, and we'll, I'm going to sidestep the illiterate millionaire for one second. It is our, like when you make it, it is your job mm-hmm. to show and teach everyone that they have to give back. Yeah. Even if you don't make it, it's still your like the duty. Like I always feel like it's my duty. Yeah. I'm only more boisterous with it now because I have a little bit of an audience. Same. Nothing to the to level that you have and some of the other you know um, influencers have. But like it, it's my job now to show yeah. everyone that you you run your business the right way, you right. live the right way, you do the right thing all the effing time, yep. and then you give back. Yeah. You give back. Yep. Because that's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Because when you, before, there was someone in front of you who was giving back. It yeah. may not have touched you, but there was someone in front of you. And when I played college football, and I'm a big, uh, I just made a, a very uh, sizable donation to Stony Brook Athletics. That's and awesome. the reason I did it was because when I was there, there was someone giving in front of me. I didn't know who he was, mm-hmm. but there was someone in front of me who was paying for this, paying yeah. for that. So to me, it, like, it, it, it's my job. Like, mm-hmm. I, I got to do it. Yeah. I got to do it. So that, that listen, if I can give any advice to young people is start giving back. Of course. Just a little bit. Yeah. It started off slow with the carbs because we, we, I was never, I was, I just felt like I had to squander the money. And if yeah. I gave away 20 Dan, then it was 20 less than I have instead yeah. of giving it away. It's so freeing. Yeah. And then just to know that on this side, it's just flowing in. Yeah. It's just raining in. It's a game changer. It is. Like and it's, and a it's game changer. you do the right thing. You, you be a good person and, and you tie in some of this stuff. And, and again, like you've been doing this and you haven't been videoing it or you haven't been, you know, sharing it. And I was the same way. But what I kind of realized is if I'm putting it out there, I'm not doing it to make myself look good. It doesn't make me feel good to put it out there. It's to maybe inspire somebody else to do it. And say, wow, you know what? If Dan O'Neill is doing this and, and Brian Carp is doing that, you know what? Maybe I should I should go and give back. And, and it's the most humbling thing in the entire world, too. The the expressions and the, and the happiness, you know, when you bring that money to the to the charities or when you do something with Stony Brook Athletics, whatever it is, that feeling and that gratitude that you receive is way, way, way more satisfying than any of the money or any of the things that we're doing. And, and that's how I truly feel. And right. I, and, I love and, it. And you did a great job as a host to pull it out of me. You know, I don't think I've ever spoken about, people know I, I give money to charities, but mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're putting money on the side for everything. Yeah. You know, that, that's, that, I didn't know that. Yeah, that, that's and, amazing. And that's what we do. Yeah. And, and, I, and I guess I'm feeling more comfortable to share this with people because I want to impact them and impress upon them what they, sh- what, what, these are pieces that will make you successful. Mm-hmm. It's not just the, like, Everyone sees success as the fancy car, the yep. fancy suit, the nice house, like yeah. all that sexy stuff. That is not success to me. I agree. Success to me is not ever having to worry about money mm-hmm. for you, your family, and your loved ones. Yeah. If you if if there's if God forbid there's a problem with something and mm-hmm. somebody in my family needed money, yeah. I, I I'm blessed that I have the success that I can no big deal. I'll cut a check yeah. if I could fix it. My mother always said, if you could write a check, it's not a problem. Yeah. <laughs> so I always wanted to have create enough money that I can make sure that nothing in my family's life or my inner circle's life is a problem because I could write a check to fix it yeah. and to cut it. So like that's success and success is being a good person. And then when you're starting to make it to start pull people up with you, of course, like that's success. Like I, I, I want to redefine what people think success is. Yeah. It's not the fancy stuff and that stuff doesn't get me excited. Yeah. You know, there's not, there's nothing fancy about what we do. Nope. Uh, but my, what I love too is, you know, now that I, I have my team, so our businesses are a little bit different. So I have the team and I love all of them, you know, and, and to see them succeed for me, it's almost, 
it's I'm enjoying their success more than I'm enjoying my own success. To see someone that didn't do any deals last year do 15, 20 deals this year <sighs> with me or, or five deals to 40 deals, whatever it it's is. Huge, it's huge for them. Yeah. They're changing their life, yeah. you know, and, that, and that's what it is. Like this business is literally, this business is a game changer. Yeah. This business has changed my life. But like, picture this. This business changed Brian Karp's life, but yeah. what it will also change Brody and Brock's life. It's yeah. also going to change my kid's kid's life. Yeah. Like that, that's the power of this business. That's the power, what I've done, like generational wealth. Mm-hmm. That's what it, what it really is. Yeah. But it's generational wealth, humble and in a good way and then doing the right thing and then being a good steward of the money and the success. Yeah. You know, I never, the, the, the successful guy who's, and listen, I'm not hating on everyone's nice car and your boy is going to buy a nice car for myself <laughs> sooner or later. But I'm just saying that like success in the right capacity and the right component is, mm-hmm. is what I'm striving for. On Amen. That end. Amen. We we could probably do this for for five hours. Absolutely. All right. I think, so, I think yeah. we're getting the uh, I think we're getting the the thumbs up here. We probably reached like an hour. Yeah, it's nine twenty. Okay. All right. So then one minute I'll plug the illiterate millionaire. Yes. Go ahead. Yep. So basically the uh, the illiterate millionaire is my birth child. Um, <laughs> when I got into this, uh, it's been something that has been on my yellow pad for years. Yeah. And basically what it is is it's my life's work. I pull mm-hmm. back the curtain. When I got into this business, Dan, there was nobody out there who there was nobody out there uh, giving you the uh, road to success. There was nobody out there showing you exactly what to do. Mm -hmm. So what I've done is I basically pulled back the curtains of my business and I'm going to show everybody exactly what to do to build a seven figure business. Not so you can gloat in your neighbor's face, not so you can say you're the biggest, baddest real estate agent in the world. But so, um, so anybody who is struggling in their life, anybody who hates their nine to five job, mm-hmm. anybody who feels like they're in the rat race, or anybody who just wants more can follow the exact blueprint that I created and got my face punched in <laughs> to become a multimillionaire. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and I never talk about money to brag. Mm-hmm. I only use money as like an explanation point to impress upon everyone what is possible. Right. So there's every sales script, every prospecting tool, wow. every motivation, all of my mindset, exactly what I'm doing is in this course. And what I think I love the most about it too is, you know, you have like the Sirhan book and you have all these guys that are selling in Miami and Manhattan. But again, like I said in the beginning, Long Island is its, its own beast. So now having that from somebody that's here and doing it, I mean, I'm, I'm going to buy it 100%. I might even get a sign from you. So <laughs> thank you. I appreciate um, that. Thank well, you for and, coming and, on. And those guys, those guys are not in the trenches like yeah. me and you are. Like and it's a, it's a different trench. Like different I'm not, trench. I'm not waking up with you know a hundred dollar bottle of orange juice this morning. Like I'm, you know, it's a two dollar bottle from from Walmart. You know, it's yeah. it's a different, it's a different beast. It's a different market, different money. It's different prospecting. Everything. It's no one has ever done anything like that on the island. So I think that's going to be incredibly helpful for a lot of these agents. And hopefully, if they can learn anything, maybe it's just not to send offers on post-it notes. Absolutely, 100%. Don't set off some forward. And don't try to get out of me and Dan what the uh, accepted offer is. Exactly. All right, man. Thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it, brother. Thank you again. Brian Carp, number one agent on the island. Uh, thank you again for everything. Stay posted for everything that he's got coming out. And uh, talk to you guys soon. <laughs>